Hey, what's up, everyone? This week, we're talking about storytelling for your content. Check it out. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week as we bring you the content marketing tactics you need to build your brand, as well as interviews with thought leaders in marketing and branding. And this week is no different. Today's solo show is all about storytelling, how to build better stories with your content from the beginning all the way to the end. How do you set up and then deliver a good story to your audience? This is both for interview type shows, for solo shows, for the content creators out there that like to be funny, that like to be serious. We have something for everyone in this show today. So hope you guys love it and let's get going. Brands on Brands. All right. So how do you get better at storytelling? Well, what I'd like to talk about is the structure, the flow for how you go about building stories for your show, for your content, for your episodes. And I like to call it content flow. It's one of the steps in my content marketing strategy, in my content marketing system. It's the part of the system called design. And just like anything else, I think you need to design your flow. You need to design the flow of your show just like you would anything else. It needs to be thought about and it has to be built purposefully. So let's go through the the pieces of that the things that constitute the flow, the the storytelling elements that are going to help you build better content. So the three things that we'll talk about today are what I like to call rhythm, format, and formula. So RFF, rhythm, format, and formula. And rhythm will be the first thing we dive into. Rhythm, as you can imagine, there's, from, from a musical standpoint, it's the pacing. It's the thing that you, that keeps you interested and it, it, there's a melody to it. There's, there's a melodicness to it. There's it, it's rhythm, right? There's a pattern to it. And when you talk about rhythm for storytelling, uh, I like to think about it that there's, there's different types of rhythms. And think about it in terms of intensity, right? So a lot of stories, the way to build them is to really launch strong. So a, a launch type rhythm would be you putting your most impactful, exciting material right at the beginning so people are brought in and then they can you can follow that up with the things that support the exciting thing that you started with. Uh, but that, you know, after you peak, it'll be more of a consistent tone after that. After that. So the, the peak of that, of that uh, rhythm will happen at the beginning of the show. So that's a, that's a launch type rhythm. So the next is going to be a build rhythm. And a lot of music is built on this. This is where, you know, you have a, a, a pretty consistent starting point. And then the excitement slowly starts to build towards the middle of the show, towards the middle slash back half of the show. And that's when, you know, you can tease someone with a little bit of, of an exciting hook. 
or you can let them know that, you know, there's there's more to come. There's more to come. And a lot of shows work like this because they want to, you to watch most of the show or listen to most of the show so you can get to the juicy revealing secret that they're going to give you somewhere near the back of it. And that's a build rhythm. And that works for a lot of shows. Uh, steady rhythm is something that starts strong and then continues pretty much the same at the same energy at the same level the whole show my show kind of works like that i like to let you know what you're going to learn and i give you a pretty steady rhythm of what you're going to expect throughout the show that works too for a lot of formats especially in an education one where i'm not trying to save a secret i'm trying to give you tips and education throughout the whole show so steady works best for me and then the last type of rhythm is erratic you know there's just everyone's got their own personality and there are some energies that just tend to go up and down and up and down and up and down. And that's okay too. If that's your normal state, if you are very excitable and you go up and you go down and you don't know when your emotions are going to take over within your show, you don't know which part of the thing you're talking about is going to get you excited and get you going, that's fine too. You just have to understand that you have an erratic pace. You go up, you go down. And with that, there are people that are drawn to that, to that energy, to that they want to go on that roller coaster ride with you. But you have to decide for your show, what is the flow going to be? You know, is there, if you map it out, it won't be random. It's okay to be erratic. It's different than being random. If that's your energy, great. But what you don't want is for you to consistently be doing a steady flow and then just one show of all your shows is suddenly erratic. People will start to think that, that you had an off day because it's just not your style. So figuring out your format or your, your rhythm is part of the flow process, part of the storytelling process. So figure out what your rhythm is going to be in general and then what your rhythm is going to be for a particular show. And then how do you structure that to make sure that if you've set it up a certain way, that it actually delivers like that? You don't want to work with a build flow and then actually have nothing that it's building towards and no exciting thing to reveal. So you have to figure out what is my flow? What works best for me? The second piece of storytelling within, you know, finding your flow is format. Obviously, before you started your show, you've decided what kind of show it's going to be. And the format would include things like, is this a solo show? Is this an interview show with two people? Is this two people and then a third guest? Is this multiple people in a room just chopping it up, sharing stories? That format matters. And then once you decide, obviously, how many people are going to be in the room or on the show, within that, you have some choices that will help you figure out the, the format that is going to help you deliver your story. So now one of the formats, if we talk about this kind of show, for example, an education-based show has a certain type of format to it. Obviously, there are lessons. There are ways to build so that this type of, of content delivers. So what I like within an education format is I want to make sure I give you the value and let you know what you're going to learn right at the beginning of the show so that you know this is why you're sticking around. This is what you're going to learn today. Because if I don't tell you why you should be listening, what you're going to learn, then you're not going to know what you're waiting for. You might get one or two wins along the way, but you're not seeing the big picture. So in an education type show, in an expert type show, what I want you to do is see the full picture, get the macro view of what the value is you're going to gain in the show right away, right at the beginning, so that you can tell, you can figure out if this is a show for you, if this is the thing you want to learn today. Another type of show is a storytelling type of show. And for a lot of episodes of people's shows, they do kind of a behind the scenes. And that's a good example of storytelling. 
They give you a more personal view into their lives, to what's really happening in their world. And they frame it around giving you some tidbits, some things that are happening, and they do that by telling stories. And those stories can range from things that happened in their day to observations around things that they see in their environment to deep dives into things that they've read or been thinking about and want to share with you their reflection on that type of content. All of that works within a storytelling type architecture. And if that's your framework, that's great. In an interview type show for storytelling, an example would be for for that format, you're going to want to right away with the guests, establish who they are, let people know this is the person I'm talking to so they understand their background when they start to tell their story. And you're going to pretty quickly in the show start asking them questions that lead into that story, that lead into the background of that person. Because to connect with the story that people are telling, you need to understand the storyteller. So it's your job to set up who that person is and where they come from and what their background is, their origin, so that the story makes sense, so that the people can say, is the person that's talking relevant to me? Do I feel connected to that person so that I know if I'll be connected to that story? So it's a different type of setup, and that's all because of the format of your show. The next version of a format would be someone who's giving some type of demonstration. If you're trying to explain to people how to do something, this is very popular content, especially on YouTube, for example. When you give how-to content, you have to figure out what's the best way to give this how-to content that's going to be digestible for the person learning it. Because, for example, if the thing you're teaching needs a lot of visual demonstration, you're going to need to figure out how to do that in the context of your show. If it's video, then obviously that's easy. But if it's a podcast and the thing you're teaching is mostly visual, then you might have to figure out a different way to go about that. You might have to pull out some of the things that are demonstrations and talk a little bit more high level about the concept of why the tool is useful. Or you might just have to give some simple tips on how to get started with that tool. In a how-to format, it also it helps to frame that within some steps or within the what you see a lot online, which is like the three simple things or the five this or the seven best hacks for that, whatever the thing is, you have to give some structure to your how-to if that is the format, because the people listening need to make sure that they can follow you along the way and take away some actionable advice from that demonstration. So that's the the demonstration type format. And another type format within that, that contributes to your flow, another one that you could select is a positioning type format. So this is what you would mostly consider as like an opinion story. So People that give their perspective, their opinions, their personal beliefs about a particular topic. There are plenty of shows that are very successful doing that. And to set a show up like that, you need to basically be able to state your argument right off the bat and why it's a topic that you wanted to talk about today. And then the rest of the show is going to be formatted around supporting those arguments. You have to come up with the things that support them because just giving opinions is fine, but you, if you don't support them, then no one has any context for why you believe those things and they can't decide for themselves if your position is something that they agree with or disagree with because they don't know why you have that position in the first place. And even if they disagree, it's nice for someone who disagrees with your position or opinion to know why you happen to feel that way. So that at very least, they can empathize with how you came to that conclusion or why you hold that belief. So this format part of storytelling is really important. 
because the way you frame every conversation should directly derive from the type of format that you choose. So that's something to think about. When you're trying to come up with a strong flow for your show, you have to come up with, okay, based on the format I'm delivering, what is the best way to structure my content? And that structure is is the format that we're talking about today. So we've covered rhythm, we've covered format, and the last piece of this flow of this storytelling architecture is what I like to call formula. And I'm going to call the formula that that we should be using in general, I call it hook, line, and sinker. And the first piece of this is the hook. As you've noticed, as we've talked about the other examples today, a lot of them talk about how do you start. And the hook is, in a storytelling fashion, the hook is how you start. What are you going to do to start your show that sets up the rest of the show? And it has to take into consideration your rhythm. It has to take into consideration your format like we've talked about. So the hook is the beginning of the show. And some ways you can approach setting up your hook are you can start with the story. You can start with the story that demonstrates in an interesting way the thing you're going to talk about that brings people in. You can start with some type of belief or myth that is common that you are going to disagree with, that you're going to bust the myth. And once you start with that kind of hook, people are interested. They want to know, well, that is what I thought I believed. Why isn't that true? So, you know, you're setting up something at the beginning that, that busts that myth. Uh, another type of hook that you can start your show with is a, the, what I call the, the transformation hook. So are you going to let people know that by the end of this show, they the thing that they didn't know how to do, they'll now know how to do? Or the thing that they were struggling with, they're not going to be struggling with anymore. The person that they used to be will be a different person after hearing this. Whatever that thing is, these are all types of hooks that the entire goal of the hook is to capture interest. And if you can capture interest at the very beginning of your show, because you've hooked them with either the by stating exactly what the value is going to be, by telling a good story, by busting a myth, by guaranteeing some kind of transformation, whatever that thing is that you've done to hook their attention at the beginning of the the show is part one of the formula for building a strong show flow. So the beginning part of it is called hook. That's part one of the formula. Part two of the formula, I like to call line. Again, it's hook, line, and sinker. And for line, this is going to be the the body of your content. What are you going to do in the middle of your content that supports the hook, that fits your format, that stays on rhythm and helps your your readers stay engaged, your listeners or viewers stay engaged to your content throughout the middle of the show, which is the bulk of the listening. What you don't want to do is have people tune in and then drop off immediately. They maybe they were into your hook, but then they started listening and they didn't they weren't following your your flow in the middle, your formula wasn't followed. If you don't have a, a strong line on your hook, line, and sinker, you don't have something in the middle, the, the body of your content doesn't deliver, it doesn't follow this formula, people are going to leave. So here's a couple of formats that are very tick, very standard for the line section, the body section of your content. And the first is you can do a simple essay style body of your content. So think of it like this. Anytime you wrote an essay in college, you would start with your introduction, your main point that you're trying to make, your main argument, 
And then you'd have to support it with three main points. And those main points you would elaborate on and you'd give examples and you'd dive deeper on. But there was three simple arguments that supported your main thesis. And the reason you'd stick to three is because when other people try to remember the thing that you taught or talked about, it's easy to remember things in threes. And beyond that, you tend to lose track of all the the things along the way. So stating three simple supporting points and and then elaborating is helpful. So that's one way to set up the line of your content, the body of your content. So the second one I like to call the skeleton key. And this is how I build a lot of my content is I actually think about from the beginning, what is the main question I'm trying to answer? What is the main thing I'm trying to teach? And then I start with an essay type format. I I build three examples of that, but it might be four, it might be five. I build three or four key concepts that are the most important pieces of my main topic. And then I elaborate in the way a book would elaborate. I say, okay, well, if these are my three main points and I had to answer the main questions of each point, what would be the, the titles of those topics? And if you start to think about the way a chapters are written in a book, there might be eight, nine chapters, and each of them are supporting a larger point, but they are natural breaks in the flow of the content. So the the skeleton key for content, it's what I like about it, and the reason I call it a skeleton key is because it almost unlocks every door. In other words, any type of piece of content you can think of usually has a main subject And then you can elaborate on that subject in three ways. And then everything you elaborate on, you could take a step further with each of those individual things and elaborate another three ways. And then each of those can go deeper. So it becomes this massive pyramid, or the way I like to think of it is every door unlocks three new doors, is a a room with three new doors in it. So you keep walking into new rooms with new doors. And the key to all of that is the structure. So the entire season's of my podcast are built on this skeleton key framework where every topic leads back to a, a, a topic above it. And each topic is supported by three elements. So something to think about in terms of building the, the body of your content might be the skeleton key approach. And then the third is this hero's journey. We talked about, a lot about storytelling because this whole, this whole episode is about storytelling. And one of the popular ways to structure the line, the body of your content is to build it as a hero's journey. And this isn't where you're the hero as the guy talking. It's more that the people listening are the hero and you're the guide that helps them get there. And if you're setting up the line of that, you will either be giving them quick wins along the way that help them get there or revealing certain things that they didn't know about themselves or that they didn't know would help break them through to get to where they need to go. But you need to set up the hero's journey within your story. And there might be some struggle along the way. And you can call that out. You could say, hey, this step in the process isn't going to be easy. This is the hard part. And once you solve this, you'll be one step closer to getting to your goal. And here are the things that are going to be battling you. And here's the things that are going to be hard for you and against you. But if you do these couple of steps, like I told you, there's light at the end of the tunnel and you can get here. And then when you get to the end of the the road, here's what the, the prize is. Here's what the victory will be. And you are the guide along the way, telling them how to break through the things that you know are going to be challenging for them. So that's the hero's journey. So that's just three ways. By the way, there are many ways to structure content. The formula that I'm trying to share with you today is just giving a few examples that how to set up your hook, line, and sinker, which is what I'm framing as the beginning, middle, and end of your content, right? 
So those are a few for line. I hope that's that's been beneficial for you. And then the third part of the formula, the sinker, is how you end your content. And how you end your content is just as important as how you begin it and how you continue it. Because at the end of your content is a huge opportunity for you to move your listeners to action and to conclude all the things that you've been talking about with something that's important and impactful that actually helps the people listening. So a sinker, there's two ways to do it, in my opinion. And one is you are very direct. You are very specific about what you want people to do. And I call this grab the line because what a sinker usually does is it it clips onto your line and it drops it to the bottom of the, of the lake, right? And the grab the line is a very obvious version of that. It's saying, you know what? Hey, if you've been listening, the next best thing that you should listen to is this. Go check it out. It completely complements the thing we're talking about today. Or if you've been listening today and you found value, the best tool that I can offer you is this free thing here that'll help you accomplish the things that we talked about today, will help you overcome the challenges that we talked about today, or is a simple way to refer back to the resources and tools that we talked about today. That is a very direct compelling call to action that grabs the line and pulls them to the end of the story with you and takes them somewhere else. And that's the key. You need to take them somewhere else because you don't want your relationship at the end of your content to end. You want to be taking them either into another piece of content in your world or into another service or way that you can help them in your world. Because what's the point of serving them content if you lose them at the end of it? So designing that call to action, that sinker is really important. Another more subtle way, which I love, for a way to pull people through and to end your journey with them is what I call the pull-down approach, which is about curiosity. It's not like grabbing the line. It's more like you are, you're teasing them and a bit more like a bobber works, which is basically it's floating there and it's keeping people like, like, what is that thing? What is that thing over there that helps you? That's, that's interesting. That's next. So Maybe my analogies aren't great on this one, guys. I'm sorry about that. But what I'm trying to to demonstrate is that if you tease someone with something exciting that they can check out next, uh, that's just as interesting. And it's like you might have to use a little bit of mystery, a little bit of intrigue to say, hey, guys, I know we talked a lot about this thing today. And you know what? There are some some secrets. There are some hacks there is a great story about someone I worked with that managed to do this exact thing and make a million dollars or be very successful in whatever way they're being successful. If you want to know that, you want to hear that story of how this is actually happening, you might want to check this other thing out. So you build a little bit of intrigue. You don't tell them exactly what they're going to learn, but you hint at it. You hint at the rewards. And sometimes you can be playful in that, but using that that pull-down tactic What I like about it is it's not as aggressive. It's not as direct. So a little more of an indirect approach about, you know, enticing people, teasing people, making them curious about the other things that you're talking about or offer or that you have going on uh, is a great way to end your content. So instead of just finishing abruptly, think about what you can do to pull people along into the next thing that you might be talking about. and. I'll even give you one extra bonus idea here. And this is especially for my podcasters out there or anyone that has a show that is evergreen or sequential in order. And that is, I don't always think that your show should end. 
saying, just listen to the next episode. Because what I want people to do is immediately dive into your next piece of content. And if they have to wait a week or a few days or a month for your next piece of content, you lose them. You have their attention right now. So how do you keep it? And the best thing to do is to send them instead of forward into next week's content, you send them backwards into something you've already created that makes sense. And it's not the easiest thing to design. I'll tell you, this season of the show, the most important show to listen to was the first episode of the season, which was episode 121, because that is the most macro view of the full, the most full picture of my content marketing strategy, of my approach to content marketing strategy. And so every show is going to lead back to that. So if you haven't, if you, you know, are interested in what we talked about today and the design of a show and the flow of a show and how to storytell, that's just a small piece of the bigger picture of how to design your content marketing strategy. And there's four steps in your content marketing strategy, which I explain in that episode, which are you have to design your show. If there's a development stage, there's a distribution stage, and there is a discovery stage. And all of those are going to have three shows at least each that support what those individual branches are of that formula. So this is within that design stage. Again, we're talking about how to design your show, the storytelling, the flow of it. So that's an example of what we're doing today, what we're doing right here, right now. But if you want to go back, is designed because I want to be able to, and shows like this say, hey, you know what? Go back to episode 121 and listen. And that's what I'll leave you with today. If you want to know how to design your content from top to bottom, from the beginning, so that before you make it, it's already built for success. It's already built to be redistributed and to have audience. Go back to episode 121 so that you're not just telling great stories, you're also building great content that matters, that helps you build an audience, not just have a voice. So appreciate you guys today. I hope you found that useful. And as usual, if you guys want to go and download this content, go to the the show notes and you can download that and get the get and save this on your computer and refer back to it if you want to understand how these points work. That's going to be at www.brandsonbrands.com forward slash notes. And I appreciate you guys for listening every week and I will catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.